Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing It Comes at Night and The Mummy. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing, man? I am doing great, Carlos. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Um, you have no idea how like beautiful it is for me to see, like, because I'm watching the levels right now of our audio, and everything is even, and it's like glorious. But I know it'll change once we start like actually discussing things because we get loud and then quiet at times, <laughs> and then Enrique has like to adjust everything on the fly, and then it gets insane, and then I get sad. But that's okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, my bad. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. It's just the natural way of things. It's, it's a natural. It's a natural way of life. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but that's okay. I, I'm definitely excited to talk about these movies. Yeah, man. I mean, this. I mean, some of these movies have been on other people's top tens. So yeah, man. like most anticipated and stuff. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, it comes at night. This movie I've been looking forward to a, for a while because a twenty four and it was a horror movie and all that. And then the Mummy, I, I wasn't like too excited about it, but it's starting this dark universe or whatever. And you know, it, it could be cool. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll um, talk about these movies. Yes. We'll yes. Talk about it. Uh, let's talk about first. Um, it comes at night. We, this is actually the second movie we watched out of the two, but we decided to start with this one um, because we want to have a little more of extensive discussion on the Dark Universe thing with the mummy, but anyway, let's get into It Comes at Night. Um, this is going to be a weird one to talk about because I think, and this is something I want to make very clear, the trailers sell you on a completely different movie than what this actually is. They sell you on kind of a, a horror, it's... It, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, what, how'd you describe it? What the, tr- what were you expecting based on the trailers? I was expecting a horror film, but this is more of a thriller, I would say. Yes. A thriller survival film. I, I would still put it in the horror area, but it's... I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily... I w- okay, I'm going to describe it as, as kind of, kind of, like... You know, The Walking Dead. It's not necessarily that's actually scary. something we're going to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily <laughs> scary, but it's it's it has disturbing imagery. Yes. So that's what I'm going to that's what See, I'm going to okay. kind of compare. What, the to. word I was looking for the the trailer sells you on almost kind of a paranormal horror type thing. Like you're like, oh, it's going to be some sort of weird demonic thing. It's that's not there. It's not really what it is. It's, I mean, it maybe it's it kind of leaves it vague, but at this, in the same time, it's like that's not what the movie's about, even if it is. So, I don't. I don't know. I think that's important to know. It is not your paranormal horror type thing. That's not what it is. It's a like Ozzy said. It's a thriller, and it's it's a more intimate story, really, and it's a much slower paced story than you'd expect. And The Walking Dead is actually the comparison I would make. It is The Walking Dead when The Walking Dead is running or like running on full cylinders. Like on that, when The Walking Dead's at its best, that's what this is. I can agree. I can agree to that statement. Um, um, it's just like a lot of who should you trust? I don't know if I can, you know, it. He, cause, all right, if we want to get into what the basic premise of this is, it's a family. Uh, it's kind of like post-apocalyptic almost like there's some sort of outbreak happened we don't know exactly what it is in the the trailer and the movie really even doesn't exactly tell you what the outbreak was it's some sort of disease and it's just this family a mom a dad and the son living in this house and all of a sudden they meet another family and it becomes this thing of should we trust them this kind of thing so i i don't know it that's that's what the movie is. It's like a who should we trust? I don't know. It, it's almost the the thing you're afraid of in the movie is the disease and is the unknown of the disease, which I think actually works for the movie's benefit. But again, I don't know. My my experience was kind of distorted because I didn't know what the movie was going in. I was confused, and then it took me a second to realize, okay, this is what the movie is. You know? Yeah. Um. But what were your overall thoughts, Ozzy? 
Well, I, I did think the performances in the in the movie were pretty good. I did like the dialogue that the characters had with one another. I mean, it, the dialogue is kind of one of the most important parts of the film. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Um, the cinematography, if we're going to get into positives, I really did like cinematography in the film. Um, the This movie is... is one thing I really noticed about this movie as well is the sound, the the sound effects, the music, the the overall. I really did like the score as well. You liked it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was. I mean, it it really did go really well with the scenes. I'm gonna go ahead and say the sound as well was really good in the film. Um, my favorite for me the 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 performance that really that stood out to me by far. Of course, it's Joel Edgerton. But the the person who really stole this scene for me, I have to say, is Riley Keenoff. I don't Keoff, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Sorry if I'm butchering your name, but I think she really gives a solid performance as actress. I want to see more of her. For those of you guys who don't know who she is, she's in American Honey, she's starring Shia LaBeouf as well. Um, but I want to see more of her. I mean, she gave an excellent performance in this movie, as well as um, Joel Edgerton. Uh, Christopher Abbott, who plays Will, and then Carmen Ijago, who plays uh, Joel Edgerton's wife. I think that all these actors did a pretty solid job in the film as well. Uh, yes, I definitely agree with you with the performances. It's it's solid all the way around. There's not you can't really fault the movie when it comes to the performances. And I mean, how how many times are we going to say Joel Edgerton is an underrated actor? How many times do we have to... This dude needs more work, period. Like, get him... When is he going to get his big kind of blockbuster-type break? I mean, seriously, every time he's in a movie, he's impressive. Yeah, he is amazing. He is amazing in this movie. Um, usually, I would say, again, he's he's like my... He, and he was the best. He was the best until the scene happened with him and, and, and when he was exchanging... Um, it was like a scene with him and her, with him and, and um, the character of Kim. She plays Kim, and he plays Paul. So it was in a scene exchanging between Paul and Kim, and Kim completely stole the scene for me when they were when they were doing that. So definitely, yeah. Um, I would also say the tension throughout this movie is especially when they're like when they're really when it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be a tense filled scene or a tension filled scene. It is tense, dude. <laughs> like, even all the way up until the end, you're really feeling it. You're feeling it, the kind of, like, on edge. You're on edge with the characters of, like, I don't know who I should trust. There's not even... By the end of the movie, you don't even know, really, who's in the right. I mean, honestly, I'm sitting there, like... I mean, it kind of sucks. It's a sucky situation throughout. It's, it's kind of... Um, it's almost like the thing in the sense of there's no clear, like, this is the protagonist almost. And uh, there's there's even moments with the with this, with this other family. Because, I mean, clearly, I guess the first family that lives in the house is supposed to be our protagonist. But even with this other family, you, you, you like them. And then there's moments where you're like, I don't know what's going on there. It's just, I don't know. It's a strange situation. It's very, very tense. The movie does a great job at really making you care for these characters. Yes. I mean, there is a montage of scenes where you see both of these families interacting with one another, and you see them laughing, you see them smiling, and you see them teaching. Um, you see these families exchanging, you know, lessons with one another on how to do certain things and certain tasks, and you know it. You know, you see them care for one another. You do. So it's it's kind of it's crazy you know going into it because you see there's conflict and you see them caring for it for one another throughout the movie and it's it's really good seeing that because we as an audience start to care for both of these families as well mm -hmm. so it, i do think the movie does a pretty good job of making this care for all the characters all, all overall um yeah what did you think about the i mean like i said before i i feel like the thing we're supposed to be afraid of quote unquote in the movie is the concept of what they're uh, of this disease or whatever it is because that's what they're so terrified of. i mean they wear gas masks when they go they're, outside all that kind of stuff they're terrified of of the disease of course but i mean i would say it's also people you yes. know you don't know who to trust and it, i mean it's kind of relevant relatable to today's world i mean you don't know who's you know you don't know mm -hmm. you know people nowadays are trying to just trying to use people for 
to get to get to to their ends meet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So and it's kind of that's and that's what I'm saying. It's kind of relatable to today's world because I've you know I've kind of experienced it. I've seen it, and and it, that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's people at the end of the day. Like the you know they can they can fend off against the disease. You know, and they and you saw it, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it was people that they were most afraid of because they don't know what they're trying to do. And people are very dangerous, especially when they're helpless. Like when they, when they, when they don't have nothing, that's when they're most dangerous, you know? Yeah. They say as much in the movie. I believe there's a line like, you don't, you don't know what people will do when they're desperate or something exactly. like that. Like you don't know what people will do when they're desperate, no matter how nice they pretend to be, no matter, no matter what it is. Or how nice they actually are. Even exactly. desperation. <laughs> and there's a line and there's a line in the, in the film that, um, Joel Edgerton says, and he says, don't trust nobody but family. Yeah. And that is, and even that starts to get, even that gets challenging as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, it's, it's definitely a film where you, you leave the theater. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know for you, but at least for me, I left the theater kind of thinking about sort of the concept of everything that the film was kind of showing you. Did it sell us on a different film? Yes, it did. And I've had a, I mean, I'm one of the, <laughs> I'm one of the people that's had a problem with trailers, okay? And the trailer for this movie definitely sells you on a horror film. But mm-hmm. I was, it was good enough for me to say, okay, I can accept the film for what it is. And it left with a message that, I mean, for me, I left, I left the theater thinking about the message. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think performances-wise, there's no issues with this movie. I think story-wise, there's really, I mean... This is a this is not a plot driven movie at all. This is a character driven movie, and <laughs> that's another thing you need to go in expecting. Um, but the characters are so strong, and the plot is there. It's enough. There's enough there that you're you're invested, and I cared, and that's really all you can ask for. Um, so, like, I really did like this movie. It's not without its flaws, and I think. This is definitely a movie, much like The Witch from last year, where I can see myself, upon more viewings, my my opinion of the movie getting raised. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can totally see, upon more viewings, and maybe even with a proper like mindset going in and not having to adjust my expectations in the middle of the movie... Um, I could see my kind of, I, I guess, even my rating going up, you know what I'm saying? Just like The Witch should. I mean, The Witch the first time I saw it, I was like, it's a great movie, but it's really weird. <laughs> and then the more I watched it, and the more I thought about it, the the better it got. Um, so I can totally see that kind of thing happening with this. That being said, I don't think this is, is anywhere near as good as The Witch, but it's still a very good movie. I mean, they're, they're in two different ballparks for yes. me. For me, they're in two different ballparks because The Witch is a, is a, is a horror movie. Had you thinking about the the creature? This yeah. one has you puts you in a in a in a apocalyptic situation and leaves you you leave the theater thinking. I mean, this is kind of crazy because it kind of relates to today's world in a sense. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it. it I mean, I, I like this still, film. But I would I, still classify this as horror. I just think it's a different kind of horror. But it's I I get where you're coming from. I can totally see somebody's coming out of this. It's not really a horror movie, and I get that. Yeah. Um, Let's talk negatives. Yes. Or do you have anything positive? Negatives. Um, I did okay. have a problem with Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s character of Travis. Yeah. I don't, In I what don't, sense? I don't know if it was his performance or the way they wrote his character, but it was. Um, See, I really liked his performance. I, I, it was just kind of weird. The character. I mean, I, okay. I, I, I might be the. I might be uh-huh. how they wrote how they wrote the character though. Yeah. Um, I really liked his performance, but I. I don't. It's not his character that I didn't like. It's kind of his side storyline thing. There's a there's something weird going on with his character where he has these nightmares, but at the same time they almost don't really seem like nightmares. It seems like he's like seeing things almost. I don't know. It, it was weird and it's kind of unexplained and it just it it's routine throughout the movie. Like it happens quite a bit where it's every night he like goes to bed and has a dream and it's like we see the dream. I'm like. Okay, like, what's going on here? What does this mean? It doesn't tell you. And, you know, I, I don't need everything spoon-fed to me. But at the same time, like... You gotta give us something. I, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know. Because because there would be times, like, okay, where it was a dream sequence, and then 
like we didn't know if he woke up or not so i'd be like is, yeah is this still happening like is this still a dream uh see i yeah i don't know it, it was definitely kind of like I, I don't know it just felt like it was interrupting the flow of the movie almost and again if we would have given more context if there was more payoff to it then maybe i would i would accept it and end up like but I, that part is just those parts of the movie i was just like what what's the purpose of these and where it's never really explained um i know some people would complain about like we mentioned earlier the the fact that we're never really given much context to this world to me that doesn't really bother me so i'm not going to mention that but it it I could understand why somebody would go like, "What is this? Like, what happened?" You know, I could get that, but at the same time, it's to me, it's not what the movie's about, so it's not important. Um, I'm trying to think the pacing of this movie, and this this is where I will say that this is where I could totally change my tune if I see the movie again, because now that I know what the movie is and what the movie was going for. I could totally see myself watching this and not going, okay, like, when are we going to get to the story? <laughs> like, when are we going to get to this movie? Um, because while I was watching the movie, I was sitting there and it almost felt like how I, and I, this is, I know you won't disagree on my example here, but you'll, or you won't, you won't agree on my example here, but you'll, I think you'll agree with my point is I kind of felt the same way that I felt when I was watching Manchester by the Sea. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was waiting for the story to hit that level that I was expecting it to get to, and it never came. And that kind of made me feel like, all right, when are we going to get to it? But at the same time, I completely think that if I see this movie again, I'm going to not have that, that kind of issue because I'll know what I'm in for, you know? I don't agree with the comparison. Uh, I I knew you weren't going to agree with the comparison. <laughs> Have you, you get what I'm saying? It again? But yeah, I do. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the pacing is kind of slow. I mean, sometimes where it drags. And this movie is an hour and 37 minutes long, I believe. Yeah. It feels like it's two hours. Yeah. Um. So definitely know that if this is, like, if you're going to see this film, know what you're getting into it. Because the movie does kind of feel like a drag at times. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's, really, that's mainly it for my negatives. Okay. Um. Yeah, I... Like I said, that's my biggest thing is, like, uh, the story. I was kind of waiting for the story to kick in, but it's it's hard because that's not what the movie's, like... It, like I said, it's a character-driven movie. It's not a story-driven movie, but at the same time, I was sitting there waiting for the other... But I do have the same issue you had with, kind of like, all right, like, what is what is this... The the sun, what, what, what does that have to do with it? Um, and there's... I don't know. There's also something like with him and another character that they kind of allude to, but they never really like go in yeah, on. They never I was really explain like, it. Is this gonna happen or what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was like really weird. Uh, but again, I I, I don't know. It, th- those sequences with the sun, I was just like, all right. I feel but, like they might have needed to add more. Yeah, which is crazy because we just said it feels like a two-hour movie. But I just feel like we need more story. Yeah. Because something, mm-hmm. something's felt unfinished. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, that's that would be my thing is mm-hmm. kind of make it longer. But at the same time, I mean, it feels yeah. like a two-hour movie. So, yeah. All right. Uh, you want to rate this movie? Yeah. I'm going to give this movie an eight. Okay. Um, I'm going to be lower than you. I'm going to give it a 7.2. 7.2? Yep. I think it's a good movie. Um but I do have issues with it. And I, again, I totally can see myself seeing this again and my opinion, overall opinion going up. But I, there's nothing in there that explains the sun's random vision type things. So I don't, that's not going to get fixed. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, you can go off. I mean, okay, you know, we're not, we can discuss this. We can discuss this after, after the podcast. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's get into the second movie, or the first movie that we saw, The Mummy. The Mummy is starring Tom Cruise, Sophia Boutella, and Annabelle Wallace. Mm-hmm. And Russell Crowe. Yep. Um, what were your overall thoughts, Ozzy? You know, man, I wanted it to be like The Mummy in the 1990s, 2000s, you know. I was I was waiting a really fun adventure, and I got to tell you, no, they didn't give it to me. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. The, I wasn't expecting any much, really. I was expecting it to kind of just turn into a generic Tom Cruise action movie. Um, and that's not really what I got. But at the same time, there were great moments. And then there were not so great aspects of this movie. So it ends up just being all right. So it kind of ended up where I was expecting it to be overall. But it not in the way that I was expecting it to be overall. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really didn't love this film. I mean, <laughs> Okay, I, I ended up thinking it was alright. But we'll, we'll talk about it. Let's talk positives first, I guess. Okay, positives is Sophia, Sophia Boutella, yeah. whatever. Um, I'm so sorry, by the way, if I'm butchering your guys' names. But I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, she did an amazing job. And again, this I want to see more of her. For those of you guys who don't know who she is, she was in Star Trek Beyond. She played the alien there, uh, the the main female lead in that film. She's an amazing actress. She's also in Kingsman. Yeah, but the new the new Kingsman though, um, I believe. No, she hmm. was in the first one. Oh, okay, okay, I was wrong. She, she's the lady with the weird legs, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you right. Yeah, I, yeah. wasn't a fan of that character, but I liked her in the movie. So. I mean, she is proving to be someone you just don't want to mess with. And yeah. if I were to, if I had to compare her, I mean, she's way better that than Jet Li at being a mummy. Way better, way more threatening. My gosh, she is insane. I have to tell you. And yeah, man, I really liked her performance, and I, we need to give her more work. I want to say, give her more performances, man. I mean, she is an amazing actress. Um, yes, I think that she is the best part of this movie. She, when she's given the opportunity to be frightening, she is frightening. And she really, like, I mean, I feel like I wish the movie would have kind of focused in a little bit more, the kind of had some restraint and, like, actually focus in on her and the namesake of the movie, the mummy. Um, because she was just so good and she was terrifying. And at the same time, she was just this powerful figure like you almost respected her and you also felt some kind of sympathy for her um she just i don't know she was almost a tragic character and at the same time but she but at the same time she made like horrible decisions so it i don't know i felt for her i was scared of her and she was just a powerful presence on the screen i loved her in this movie i think she's the best part yeah, man. I mean, she is a force to be reckoned with. I will say that. Um, Russell Crowe. I'll say I like Russell Crowe's character for the most part in this film. Um, yeah. I'm kind of upset. I'm, and I'm not going to tell you guys because I feel like they kind of spoiled it um, in the trailers. Oh, and do kind they? Of their release. Yeah, because okay. when they released his character's name, I was pissed. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, God. I'm not going to say it, though, because I feel like I feel like it's wrong. I feel like <laughs> Even though no, the trailers tell you? I, mean, I just, I just don't want to say. It, okay, fair enough. Because I was, I was upset because I knew it. I don't think you knew it. I saw you go, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn it!" I'm not gonna get that moment. Yeah. Because I already knew it. I already knew who he was. Yeah. And like, if you look at him on ID, IMDb, it's gonna say what he is. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I was expecting another kind of surprise. Um, later in the movie but we ended up we got there were definitely some easter eggs because they are clearly okay you you were literally gonna say the thing like the next positive ad out of my mouth oh really <laughs> yeah there are some easter eggs throughout the movie and the thing is and this is kind of, i'll get into it more with negatives but i'll say this right now this movie easily could have been called the mummy dawn of the dark universe or something like that <laughs> it's it feels so much like the batman v superman syndrome where it's like y- y- yes that's the story that's the main story but the other half of the movie and it almost feels overwhelming is the setup for the rest of the universe <laughs> and i'll Paul. get part of the plan yeah exactly <laughs> um I'll, we'll get into that more later but yeah i think there's good action throughout the movie but my the parts of the movie that i ended up liking the most are the parts where it felt like a horror movie where it felt like they're really trying to make us afraid of sophia Batella's mummy you know um that's like i love the scene in the trail that they do show in the trailer where they're um tom cruise and the other girl what's her name 
Her name is Annabelle Wallace. Yeah, Annabelle Wallace's character, they're kind of in the water, and then the mummy, Sophia Vitella, pops up behind them. And I love that moment in the trailer, and that moment really works in the movie as well. And there's other moments like that as well that I'm like, I... I really like this because they're focusing on the horror aspect of this, the scariness of it, and that's the parts that I liked. Um, but yeah, what about you? Any other thoughts? Um, <laughs> I did like the mythology that they gave around Aminit's character. Okay? Yes. Um, Aminit, by the way, is Sophia, who she plays the 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 mummy. I did like Aminette. I did like the Easter eggs. Uh, for those of you who are saying, does it does it pay tribute to the 1998 version of The Mummy? Kind of. It honestly could have been the same. I'm kind of confused now. It's not the same. <laughs> no. no, because they, there's an Easter egg. I'm just like, eh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong. Completely <laughs> wrong. But anyways, um, it does pay, for those of you guys who are original, not like not original, like, because it's a it's a remake that that one was a remake too yeah so like if you guys are a fan of the remakes of um of those i mean it does pay kind of tribute to those but it does have a ton of easter eggs has a lot of cool reveals um this feels like it should be released in october though it really does it has that october feel so those of you guys who are into halloween that's your month this I would say like you know you're gonna have a yeah. fun time you're gonna have a fun time because it does feel like a fall October ish movie though. We'll talk. I I don't know if they knew what they wanted to be. And I'll we'll say I'll say and I, I'm not saying in the whole entire movie. I'm saying yeah. in some scenes, yeah. some specific scenes. Yeah. I'm like yeah, you know this can be this can be an October yeah. Halloween movie. Um, and I I will also want to mention the visuals. It's pretty visually impressive as opposed um, to even see I I didn't mind the CGI. I didn't I thought the CGI was not a problem in this movie. Agree to disagree, my friend. All right, agree to disagree. I think especially if you compare it to the movie we got last weekend with Wonder Woman, where one of my biggest negatives was the CGI. Uh, I, I, very I comparable. Say, I know. I would say that the CGI in this movie was a lot better, but hey, let no, us I know think, what you I think. think. I, I think guess. the CGI in Wonder Woman was better, honestly. Mm, I disagree, but we'll talk, I guess, uh, let us know what you think. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually did like the visuals throughout. I thought a lot of the stuff with the kind of sand and the face and the sand, that's all looked pretty, pretty good. Um, so, yeah, and that's pretty much all I got. It as when it comes to positives, we're gonna talk a little bit more as the universe as a whole and what they're going for, what they're trying to do here. But let's get into negatives now. Do you want to say it first, or should I say it first? Go ahead, say it first. This movie is a tonal disaster. I I don't know if I want to say it. it's a mess. It's a tonal mess. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Let me tell you guys something. Um, for those of you guys who watch New Girl. Jake Johnson, who plays Nick, okay? And let me tell you something. Tom Cruise plays Nick, okay? <laughs> so when Jake Johnson is saying Nick, I'm like, Nick, why are you calling yourself? Why are you calling your own name? <laughs> um, and I hate it because, you know, I want these I want this actor to get more work, and that's why um, TV actors have trouble getting more work in films, because we see him as these characters. Exactly. And... I feel like I wouldn't have necessarily said that, but it's just the way that they wrote his character. He was meant to legit be a comedic relief, and I don't even know. Like, there's some moments where I don't even know if I, that I should be laughing just because of how he looks in a certain scene. So yeah, man, it was kind of weird. What do mm-hmm. you think? Yeah. Um. Okay. This movie is totally all over the place because. And sometimes it feels, like I said, and these are the parts that I liked, like it's a horror movie. Sometimes, which means that, okay, that's where I'm saying, that's where I agree with you. Like, yeah, sometimes it felt like it should be a fall release. It all, it's like a horror movie. And then sometimes it felt like an action movie. And I'm like, okay, so this is why they put it in July or in June. And then sometimes, honestly, it felt like a comedy. There is a scene with Jake Johnston. Um, where he's having a conversation with Tom Cruise, and I'm sitting there like, this really feels like it's supposed to be a horror comedy thing right now. Like, and I was just like, what, what where are we? What movie is this? <laughs> like, I, I don't, this movie is all over the place. It does not know what it wants to be tonally. Action, horror, com- it's 
everywhere and there's all of it in there and it does not it's not like it gels together really it just kind of shifts uh, like all of a sudden a couple of times um so it's definitely a problem in it and look i'm all for jake johnson getting more work in movies but i'm sorry he was not impressive in this movie at all he had like one line that made that got me but other than that it was kind of like he felt, and this might just be that I see him as Nick, but he felt awkward holding a gun, like because he's holding a gun in multiple or one scene specifically in this movie. Yeah, and he fires it, and it doesn't look like he knows how to shoot the gun. No, it's kind of it's <laughs> it's actually the same kind of thing as um well, Hacksaw Ridge when um oh crap I'm blanking on his name um oh man I'm blanking on his name you know who I'm talking about the. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I know exactly who oh, you're talking man. about. Let me pull up his name real quick. Uh, uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yep. Jeez, how did I forget Vince Vaughn? It, I said in that review, I was like, Vince Vaughn does not look natural holding a gun. I'm <laughs> sorry. And it's the same thing with um, Jake Johnson in this movie. You know, I can buy Vince Vaughn holding a gun because he, he actually did really good in the film. And they gave, him, they gave him a role to be challenged with. And Vince Vaughn, I believe, did a good job in that particular role. So I did take him seriously when he was holding a gun. But for yeah. Jake Johnson, though, basically he was a he was a comedic relief for this film. Yeah. So him holding a gun did not seem natural it, it, to me. It just didn't look but, right. Yeah. And, and on top of that, his character wasn't his his character wasn't a challenging character. I would say for Jake Johnson to really work yeah. with um, something. It's very something very comfortable. It's a yeah. comfortable role for him. So it felt weird, man. Yeah. And, and it felt like he wasn't even aiming. Yeah, and, and there's also, like, in that scene, it and this is, like, a early scene in the movie, so we're not really spoiling anything at all, but he's, like, running ar- around with a gun with Tom Cruise, like, shooting back at people, all this kind of stuff, and then, like, throughout the entire scene, he's, like, yelling at Tom Cruise, like, he's, like, I'm a, I hate you, why, why are we here, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, like, half of the scene, at least, and I'm, like, okay, like, how you do comedy in the middle of action is by having kind of quippy one-liners in between the action. Let us enjoy the action and then have the comedy in between, kind of in the down moments in the action. You yelling throughout the entire action scene just makes me hate you that you're in the scene. I'm sorry, it did. I was like, Nick, go away. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. But anyway, I, I digress. Um... Yeah, so tonally, it's a disaster. We've already talked about that. I would also say, um, the Jekyll stuff. Um, well, I, I don't know. Oh, boy, you spoiled Not it. Not really. I, okay. You spoiled Whatever. We'll get into it. Uh, okay. Or, <laughs> I, I, we'll get into okay, it, Carlos. Here, no, it's whatever. I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything mm-hmm. yet. I'm just saying there... Okay, this is all I'll say. There is stuff throughout this movie where... It is clear that they are just trying to set up. There is actually, I feel like we get through the first act and and two acts, I guess. We get through the first two acts of this movie. And then, no, this is the first act. We get through the first act of this movie. And then the second act is basically, okay, now we are going to set up the dark universe. (laughs) What is movies, okay, what is up with movies doing that? Like, it's... With DC, it's with Marvel. Now it's yeah. with this film. Like, you guys need to learn how to just focus on your film that you're trying exactly. to be. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can't throw all this other stuff in there. Sure as hell. Sure. Go for it. You can. But your, your audience isn't going to love it. It's not going to, your audience isn't going to respond well. Yeah. You know, focus on the plot that's for the movie and go from there. You know? Mm-hmm. Go that's what it's about. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to throw, you know, a little Easter eggs here and there, but to have like a freaking It's an basically entire to act. have like scenes dedicated just to push your universe forward, you know, it's it's a problem. And it's done with I mean, this isn't the only movie. It's done with like I said, it's done with DC and it's done with Marvel. I mean, Marvel, I think the problem was Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron was a was a great film. But it, it was trying to push Infinity War. It was trying to push Thor Ragnarok. It was trying to push different films that we didn't need to get. Um, we we Everybody was just excited to see Ultron. We really didn't get enough of Ultron. Batman versus Superman. Everybody just wanted to see Batman versus Superman. What did we get? 
Wonder Woman, Justice Justice League movie. Um, like it was, you know, Batman history. Like we got a lot of stuff in there that we just did not need in the movie. So it was just like, you know, and it's the same thing with this movie. So production companies just need to learn how to relax. Yeah, they. I agree. They approached it completely. Like you should have done it the Easter egg route. Like have them. It, it, the the problem is the movie just didn't flow because we have an act of mummy stuff. An act of setting up the dark universe, and then a set, final act of more mummy stuff. That that's how the movie is structured, and that's it did not work. It really doesn't. I'm not saying that the setting up the dark universe stuff wasn't interesting. It was interesting enough, um, but at the same time, it's really like I, I it didn't flow. It doesn't flow. If I'm gonna compare this movie to anything, it's gonna be the Dracula Untold because that was the that was the original movie that they were going to ship this dark universe on. Yeah. And dark the uh, I'm sorry, Dracula Untold had major problems, major problems. But what I can say is it it focused on the problem at hand. It focused on Dracula. It didn't focus on it didn't focus on, you know, Frankenstein or any other monster out there that that we know of. It focused on his story and how he became the vampire that we know. Mm-hmm. And it added some Easter eggs in there. And, and the mythology in that film was particularly, I found it interesting. So I will say, you know, Dracula Untold was a better first shot at starting a monster's universe. Do you think it's a better movie? Yeah, I have not seen it, but I've I think heard it's, awful things. I think it's a better. I think honestly, and I want you to watch it. I think I think it's a better movie. I do think it's a better movie. Wow. I mean, actually, I, maybe you you might even disagree with me, but I think it's personally. I think it's a better movie. I just find the mythology around it way interesting. Tom Cruise's character is kind of a douchebag in the film, and yes. he really is. So it's kind of hard for me to root for him because on top of that, they try to throw this bone where he's actually like a good guy, and it's just like. Like, like he's not Ethan Hunt in this film. Like, he's not randomly gonna care for the civilian girl. Like, stop it. He's a douchebag. Like, what are you doing? Um, but you know, with Luke Evans' Dracula, I cared for him. I understood why he did what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? So it, was, it made it, it was easier for me to care about his situation. Mm-hmm. This situation, I could care less. Yeah, to be honest with you. Um, kind of following that my that point, I would also, and this is my last negative. The ending of the movie, I don't hate it, but it's never good when I start with, I don't hate it, but, <laughs> but I, it was very clear once again that they were, that they were so focused on trying to set up the universe that they kind of did it at the expense of ending this movie in the best way possible. I didn't find the end of this movie compelling in the least bit. I thought it was it was whatever, but it, fe- it felt like the only reason it ended like that was so they could set up for future movies and set up the overall storyline of the f- of this universe. And I just didn't find it compelling. I thought they kind of wasted the ending, and it doesn't even quite make sense if you think about it. But it really doesn't. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see if this movie makes its money back this week, and I'm really interested to yeah, see. I, it. I'm not um, quite because, sure how it's doing because um. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and, and compare the the Rotten Tomato scores. Um, for I both actually films. still do not know the Rotten. I'm gonna. Tomato I'm score. gonna. Okay, the Rotten Tomato score for this is a 17. percent Wow. 17 percent of critics like this movie, and the Flickster user score is a 48. percent 48. percent Now going to Dracula Untold. Right now, um, let me see. Let me see really quickly. <laughs> Dracula Untold is a 23 percent. On Rotten Tomatoes, that's his final score with a 58% uh, user score. So you, clearly, <laughs> I mean, critics, it's not, critics like the film more, and, uh, and, and I'm going to say audience like the form, like the barely, film a little yeah. bit more. But I mean, instead of improving on that film, it backtracked with, with critics and audiences so far from what I can tell from Rotten Tomatoes. So... Um, you can take that for as ever, however you want to see that as, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, look, Rotten Tomatoes gave Pirates of the Caribbean 29%. Nah, dude. Nah. I, I mean, can't. I mean, but no, but I mean, again, we have to look, I, but, my, as our former head of video production always said with Rotten Tomatoes, you have to also look at the average rating. 
So I'm about to look at average rating for Dracula Untold, 4.4 out of 10. Let's look up um, uh, The Mummy. Um, talk a little bit while I look it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just interested to see, basically, box office numbers. I want to see a comparison between the opening of Dracula Untold and the opening of this movie. And I want to see if... If this movie does not, if Dracula and Told me more money, I want to see if they're going to try to continue. Same thing? 4.3. <laughs> so wow. they are like literally right there. Wait. So, I, yes, it, I think it, the, the mummy backtracked a little bit. Yes. It really did. And a, it's, little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And it's insane. Um, Universal, Universal right now just has no luck in really pushing this dark universe. And it's a great idea, it but it's like. You, you gotta give us something. I, th- I feel like if they're gonna scratch the mummy, they can they can go back to doing Dracula and Told, and they can go off from there or if they want to. If Luke Evans will even accept the phone call at this point, um, but again, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like Dracula and Told it was a better movie. If I'm gonna go ahead and say, I mean, and, that, and that's not really saying much, honestly, <laughs> but uh, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other negatives? Um, oh wait, CGI in this film, mm, boy, it, I did not like it whatsoever. When the I didn't mind it. The mummy effects, the mummy effects. Okay, she did. They were okay on her, and I kind of had a problem with the decaying on her nose. It bothered the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just some things where I found. Where I'm just like this. This universal what? Like this is what you can afford. Um, but I mean, I had problems with it. I mean, you. Him and I, I mean, basically take it as a 50-50. You may enjoy this, the CGI, you may not have a problem with it, or you may have a problem I with it. I think it's mean, also going to be the case with the overall movie, because we I haven't think, given our ratings yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean the Mercury as well. I mean, the Mercury CGI, oh, that was horrible. But, I mean, that's just me. All right. Um, yeah, that's basically all I got. It's, like I said, the biggest problem... Well, there's two big problems with this movie. Tonal, the, the tone? The tone is and, all over the place. Yes. And then... The way they approached setting up the Dark Universe messed completely with the overall structure. Now, I will say, like I said, there's great moments in this movie. I think Sofia Batella kills it, and every time they focus on her as a horror villain, it works. And then there's also some decent action in it. And overall, I think that the story is there. It's just they kind of abandon it at times. So I ended up just thinking it. I think it's a it's an all right movie. Now, the, the could I see somebody coming away from this and going, N- no, I, this is not a good movie. Yes, but I could also see somebody going into this movie and much like what I said with um with King Arthur, I could totally see people going into this movie and just having fun with it, and enjoying it. So I'm giving this movie a six out of ten. Six I think, out of ten. I think it's all right. I really do. I disagree. What, what do you got? I have a 4.7 in this movie. All right. 4.7. It's really not that great, especially for a Tom Cruise film. You would expect this film to be really good if it's Tom Cruise, but it really isn't. I can't even get behind Tom Cruise, who usually plays a likable character. So, yeah, that's that's my rating. Oddly enough, the rating, for the average critic score for um, Dead Men Tell No Tales is 4.7. Hey man, almost out of five. <laughs> <laughs> almost out of five. Hey, but uh, it's a good movie, guys. Check it out. I got, I got. You know, I got the regal posters. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I, I want to check out to have the it comes at night poster because yeah. that poster is really, oh, really great. Random side note, and the, we can talk a little bit more about the dark universe. But random side note, I've watched all the pirates movies and recently, except for um, on Stranger Tides, that's the only one I haven't watched yet. What? 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 You're not watching Stranger Tides? I just haven't watched. I haven't gotten around to it. Sorry. God. Uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, eight point five. Dead Men's Chest, four point six. At World's End, seven point eight. On Stranger Tides, don't have a score. And then Dead Men Tell No Tales, obviously from early, a couple episodes ago, five point Okay. I really do not like Dead Men's Chest. If you cannot tell, I think it's horrible. I don't understand. Well, I don't think why. it's horrible. It's just a bad movie. What didn't you? You know, we'll have a whole Pirates we'll of the Caribbean we'll discussion. If there's if there's a sixth one, we'll have a Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> discussion. Um, but yeah, I I I agree with you that I think this whole dark universe thing is a great idea because I mean, Universal they used to make 
that's how they made their money was on these horror movies back in like the early days of cinema. <laughs> that's how they made their money. I mean, yeah, Boris man. Karloff was known as like the horror, the horror icon. Like he was Frankenstein. He was the mummy. He was, you know, that's what he was. Yeah, it, it's and it's, that was universal. Yeah. They, that's how they made them. They killed it with those with those old movies with Frankenstein, with the mummy, with the Dracula. I mean, that's they're they're yeah. really they're really horror based company, and it's crazy it, historically. Because, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because you know. You go to Universal Studios, and I'm probably going to go this year. Halloween Horror Nights, it's all horror, and it's yeah. a it, it's funded great. I mean, it's probably one of the best, um, has probably one of the best Halloween sets, haunted houses in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy because you know, you really want these movies to be successful, and you really want this universe to go down one of the best universes in cinematic history, and it's just not doing it. And I wonder what's going on in the writing room. I wonder what's like what they're doing when it comes to directors right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of crazy because they they're really trying to push this universe, but it's not working. And I yeah. wonder like what what is it gonna take for us to really get this push? I mean, they have the rights to all these characters. I mean, if it's one thing that DC and Universal have over Marvel is that they have control of all the characters that they really want and need. Mm-hmm. So it's it's why can't we get that push that we need to really make a great film? Yeah. Um, I think part of the problem is that they don't know what the audience wants. They And it's hard because... Is an audience really going to get behind? And this is, I think, where they have their where they have their doubts, and this is what's causing them problems. Is they don't believe, and I understand why they don't believe this. I get it. They don't believe that an audience would be behind a horror cinematic universe. I mean, if you, for instance, like if you put like a character, okay, like you and I really for a franchise we like transformers one well me one through three you one and three mm-hmm. but the human character that we always got behind that we really liked was shia labeouf's character sam wiki he did an amazing job at sam wiki whether you guys whether you hate the whether you hate the franchise or you love the franchise he was a likable character so i feel like if you're going to do a do a universe where it's filled with monsters. Make these characters likable. Because you're going to have regular guys be in the universe as well. Make them likable characters. Make them characters that you can get behind. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so you think from, if they made Tom Cruise more likable, then we would have a better situation here? Maybe. I mean, I mean, look. I mean, you also have... I don't know. Is Universal, is Universal also pushing the... Um, I don't know. They're also pushing like the Godzilla and King Kong. Uh, I don't franchise. know if they're that studio. Let me um, see. That's also like another universe that's actually going down as well. But... Um, I mean, you have people that got behind Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. I liked him. You got people that got behind Tom Hiddleston's character. Embry Larson's character in those films. So it's like you you want you want these movies if you're going to make a universe about these movies you need human characters that you can get behind that you can relate to and that you can root for. I think one of the reasons why people like The Mummy is because its human characters were great, they were funny and it was filled with adventure and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, the Godzilla universe is legendary by the way. Okay, so legendary pictures, okay? Um, but the thing that I can give these films is that they put, I mean, at least, I mean, you can disagree with Godzilla, but you can, they, they at least attempt to put likable characters there for you. You understand what I'm saying? So but that's my thing. And the thing is, they've also made it so basically the monsters in, I, I kind of spoiler alert for King Kong, but the monsters in King Kong and Godzilla, they're the protagonists. And I think that's also a problem because the majority of these monster or these dark universe or characters that the namesake characters, you, the Dracula, the um, the the Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, situ- you know, a lot of them are kind of they're villains, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's some protagonists in there, and you can make some of them protagonists, but it's like they don't know how they want to approach it because it's like, well, do you make the villains the protagonists? Do you make them the central focus of the story? Well, it's like I think you have to find a character who is going to be 
um, the main like guy to catch or to stop these villains. And, and I then, think I think yeah, Luke Evans did his best with Dracula. I think like and that's why I want you to see it, and maybe we can have a more depth discussion about it if we do like a spoiler review. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you for the story, you really root for him as a human. You really do. You understand why he does the things that he does. Okay. You you root for him because you see how much he cares for his son. You see how much he cares for his wife and for his people. Um, so. It's it's an interesting dynamic. So, I mean, if I'm going to say that they did it right with a formula of making the, the like a villain like Dracula and making him into a kind of a good guy, I'm going to say you did you did a did you you did a decent job with Dracula and told you make us you made us care for him. You made us care for Dracula and you gave us a history of Dracula and how he became Dracula. It was mm-hmm. it was a tragic. He's a tragic guy. You know, he just tried to he he sacrificed um himself so that his family can live and it was a very tragic story uh-huh. um so i think if you're gonna get behind that if you're gonna make us if you're gonna make a villain a protagonist do that and make and make the fight you know make the ending fight you know against someone who is a challenge who can put up a fight and who can hold their own against the villain per mm-hmm. se yeah, I I don't know. It's I I think I think that's where the problems lie. They just don't know how to approach it. They don't know what the if the audience would be again willing to accept a horror cinematic universe. And that's why I think this movie. That's why I think this movie has so many tonal issues because they didn't know if they should stick to the horror vibe or if they should make it an action movie or if they should make it kind of lighthearted fun. They didn't know what to do with it. I think the I think the mummy. The 1998 version was it was a great mix, a great mix. I mean, if you're just asking me personally, I like. I think you have nostalgia goggles with that. Movie. No, 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 no. I like but I'm saying too. no, no. But I'm saying I'm saying if you're if I'm mixing the tones together, you know what I'm saying. I think mm-hmm. it did a pretty good job. I mean, you had a little bit of com- comic relief, and then you had the scary with the mummy, you know, basically sucking the meat off of those guys, and then you had the action. And I think it was a great mix. I think it was a great mix. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna say, I think it was a great mix. I mean, it has a 58% Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and a 75% uh, Flixer score. So you can tell. I mean, it. I mean, it was kind of divided among critics and audiences, but audiences overall generally like the first one better than the second one. Um, I think the second one has like a 63%, if I'm not mistaken. But um, when it comes to the Flixer user score, I think it's a, I think it's like a 47% with critics but i mean again you you see the you see it's divided among audiences and critics so i mean yeah but that's just but that's just me though i think i think those films are a good example to really say okay like if we're gonna do this if we're gonna if we're gonna do that formula if we're gonna have we're gonna have comedic action and scary i think that's the formula you're gonna you're gonna try to go for not necessarily that it's an Mm -hmm. amazing formula yeah I i think you should try to take one of those out but I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't know. I think that they should commit to the horror vibe of it. Make it. Don't be afraid to make it a horror cinematic universe, please. Like that would be amazing, and that would be a very unique way to. We have enough of these action cinematic universes where they're action and they're also funny, lighthearted type things, and they're also mixing another genre. We yeah, have enough of that. I mean, if I'm make, gonna make something unique, make it a horror cinematic universe. Yeah, I've never I mean, seen anything. I'm like gonna that. if I'm gonna go ahead and say Underworld. If you're gonna do it. Horror Underworld did it with horror. I'm, gonna, I'm going off the first one, not the horrible one in January that we saw, but the first one was really good. It wasn't funny, but it was it was the mythology and it was interesting. The action in, in it was good for the most part when at at the time of its release, and the horror in it was actually pretty damn good. If I'm gonna go ahead and say it, it was interesting seeing Celine go up against Victor. The King Vampire. It, those, that stuff was cool. And I want to see more of that. Alright. Um, well, let's move on. I Real quick, before we do uh, recommendations, I do want to talk a little bit about some of these Netflix shows that just dropped and, and that I watched. I spent way too much time watching. Um, just because I don't know that I'm necessarily going to do full-on reviews of them. I... I might do it with House of Cards if I can find somebody um, to do it with me, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Just because, spoiler alert, I didn't like this season of House of Cards. I wasn't a fan of it. And I also, 
was not a fan of this past season of Bloodline. So right now, Netflix is on a bit of a cold streak for me. Oh, wow. I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just... It is what it is. I... How's... Okay, let me start with Bloodline. I don't want this to discourage anybody from watching the first season of Bloodline. I think it's very comparable to True Detective in that sense. As to where... Look, True Detective Season 2 is an abject disaster. But season one is the great, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's the greatest single season of television I've ever seen. So I'm not going to say don't watch the first season because the second season is bad. And it's much, it's the same with Bloodline. The first season of Bloodline is great. It is great TV. Watch the first season of Bloodline. You can watch it in a vacuum or you can even watch the second season because the second season is fine. It's just not as good as in comparison. The third season, I would just say, is actually bad. And that kind of sucks because I think part of it is that they were trying to wrap everything up. So they didn't quite know what to do. Everything was kind of all over the place. It, it was, there were, it, it, I don't know. It was just paced weird and the, the, there were random storylines that just kind of happened and they just never give any context or any explanation to them. So, I just, I do have issues with this last season. It's bad, but, again, I don't think that should discourage anybody from watching the first season and even the second season of Bloodline. That's what I'll say on Bloodline. Um, as for House of Cards, House of Cards is Netflix's flagship show. It's one of their best shows, um, if not their best, depending, because it's had its down seasons. A lot of people don't like season three. Um, I actually don't mind season three. Uh, season four, I think, is great. I, I loved season four. It was in, I believe it was in my top ten shows last year, season four of House of Cards. Season five is going to be nowhere near my top ten. I, I It takes a while to get going. I believe at episode seven, I tweeted, like, this storyline has taken forever. When are we going to move on? <laughs> um, and somebody tweeted back, it picks up in episode nine. I mean, I guess it kind of did, but not really. It's, I don't know, the whole season is really slow and really kind of nothing really happens it's kind of boring at times um and then by the end they do something in the very end that i think it was just completely unearned and it was completely like okay this happened and this is the direction they decided they're going sure and even the build-up to that it's kind of like frank does something the pre frank does something that you're just like wait what like okay, and then they, they do that thing where it's like, oh, you didn't see this? I've been planning this the whole time. And it's like, well, I don't think you, I don't believe you actually have because I didn't see any hints to that whatsoever. You have to give us something where I can look back and go, oh, this makes sense now. There was nothing like that. Um, so there's lots of things like that. I didn't think the end of it worked. I'm not quite sure on the direction that they're trying to go with this. Um, so I don't know. I was not a fan of season five of House of Cards. Um, I don't think it's awful, but it's not good, and I it would probably be my least favorite season so far. Um, but it being Netflix's kind of its flagship show, its first original series, they're not gonna cancel the show or anything, and people are still watching it. So they're going to hopefully take the criticism because I don't think it's been overly well received. I'm not quite sure, but. They're, hopefully they will take the criticism and correct and adjust moving forward. Um, and hopefully take the direction that I don't think they necessarily earned, but maybe they could do something unique with it and something kind of cool with it. So, we will see. I do find it funny. It, this show is, even in a bad season, it is super relevant because uh, there is a situation in this that I swear I watched the show and then a couple days later we had this whole Comey testifying situation. And I was like, I feel like I just watched this. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Uh, wait, that uh, is insane. I man. was literally like, wait, is this from House of Cards? No, it's real life. Okay, we are Trump, in real life. Trump, Trump is real life. Um, so that, that was that was fun. It's insane. Um, but I anyway. saw I saw a, I saw a scene from House of Cards because Carlos was watching it. I really don't watch House of Cards, but it was the you president, sure? and he, I think his name the president's name is Frank, right? Yeah. And he goes. Wondering why this happens, America? It's because you chose it, America. And I'm just like, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Ozzy, do you have a recommendation? Carlos, you know you always do recommendations first. 
That's a that's a trend now. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, I will do a, a recommendation that Enrique is requesting because I just showed him this movie for the first time um, yesterday, two days ago, I believe. I don't know. I think we split over two days because Enrique is a baby and he got tired. Uh, <laughs> um, Apocalypse Now. It is uh, Francis Ford Coppola's um, second or third best movie, but that is still not. That's not a negative whatsoever considering the first two um as his best two would be godfather part one and part two so um it's i don't know if anybody has a top three like francis ford coppola that is insane i mean three movies that you would that a lot of people would have in their top 10 if not higher i mean it's just it's impressive but anyway apocalypse now is one of the best war movies ever made. It's the best Vietnam war movie ever made, in my opinion. Um, it is one of the deepest movies, has the most to say of any movie I've ever seen. That's the biggest thing I took away from it the first time I watched it. I was like, I don't know if I completely got everything out of that that I was supposed to, but I've never seen a movie that has more in it for me to get out of it than Apocalypse Now. Never seen a movie that has more to say than Apocalypse Now. About war, about insanity, about just ambition, and about... it's it's There's so much in there. It's insane. It is a brilliant movie. It really is. And um, I cannot recommend it enough. And I've also heard the documentary about the making of that movie into, I believe it's Into Darkness or not, something like that. It's, um, I've heard that's one of the best documentaries ever made. So I, everything surrounding this movie is brilliant. Um, check it out. If you have not seen it, watch it, find a way to watch it. it you will not regret it. It is just absolutely insane how good it is. Ozzy, have you ever seen it? I've never even heard of it. Okay. It, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It really is. It's one of the best war movies ever made. And um, Apocalypse Now. Cannot recommend it more. Okay. All right. Um, my recommendation is James Wan's first movie, Insid- Insidious. Well, not it's not his first directorial, but it's the first time I've heard of him. And <laughs> at the time. And um, yeah, man. I mean, this trilogy. I haven't seen the third one yet. But really? I haven't. I haven't. Came out like three I years ago. I mean, I just haven't had time. I haven't had time. I just, you know, Carlos. You know, I don't have time anymore. <laughs> time is consumed with movies. You know, it's consumed with. But that's a movie. <laughs> I'm talking about new movies. <laughs> Shush. You know what? You know what, guys? We're gonna announce this. We're gonna. We might be doing retro reviews on YouTube. We don't know when, but if it happens, if Enrique tells me you need to watch Insidious three, I'm inviting a friend over and we're watching Insidious three because I can't watch horror movies alone. I just can't do it. Let us know if um, Enrique should get moving on the production of his show that he has pitched to us. I just announced it, so he better get started. <laughs> um, anyways, the, the the reason why I'm in, I'm even um, recommended this is because. In the in the movie, there's actually a red door. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, this is insidious." Um, it, it, comes, <laughs> it comes at night. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Damn, this is insidious." Like, it's crazy yeah. because there's dream sequences. Same thing in Insidious. And I was like, "This is insidious, man!" Yeah. Like, is this like Insidious, the 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 sequel, like the aftermath of everything? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I really Insidious is one of the I would say like a better modern horror movie. If you're gonna say, is it better than The Conjuring or is it as good as The Conjuring? No, this came before The Conjuring, but James Wan is a great director. I think all the all his horror movies that he's directed are really amazing, and this is the first one that I've actually seen. So from from him as a as a director, so I will say that he does an amazing job in this movie. Um, does a really great thing with with the mythology in this film. All the actors, all the performances are really great. You have Patrick's. Um, let me look up the the cast really quick. I, I just had it actually. Um, <laughs> But you have Patrick Wilson, Rose, Rose, Rose Byrne, T.Y. Um, Simpkins, and you have Lynn Shea. So, I mean, you have a lot of great people in this movie, a lot of great, a lot of great actors. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely check this film out. It's a really good one. Rose Byrne is a consistently underrated actress. I'll say that. Yeah, she's, she's really, really good. good. Really good. Um, same thing. Same everything. thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same thing. I mean, I want to see more of Ka- uh, Patrick Wilson as well. I mean, same thing for him. I mean, especially in, in Insidious yeah. Two, his character train, his character uh, evolution 
it, he did an amazing job in that film. So I definitely want to see more of him. I want to see more of Rose Byrne as well. So mm-hmm. definitely watch out for those two actors. Um, one last thing before we sign out and everything. I want to ask this question, and we can talk about it off air because it would be a spoilerific discussion. Um, and I'll propose this question, and then people who watch um, It Comes at Night can answer this for me on Twitter or whatever. What comes at night in that movie? You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I, the it, darkness. I, I don't know what the actual. I don't know what the title. Of the There's movie only means. one thing that came at night, though. I I, I I honestly don't know what the title of the movie means. So but, if I, you but, see but, it comes at night, <laughs> please let me know what actually comes at night. That's, yeah, that's my last question. They tease. I'll leave it at that. Tease something. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what's behind that branch, Carlos? What's behind that branch? <laughs> we need to, we better find out right now. I just want to know what comes <laughs> at night. That's all. <laughs> all right, guys, you have you have this question. You have that. Please question. tweet at me after you see the movie, please. <laughs> all right, Carlos, where can people find you in social media? Oh, you you can tweet at me at cherry four five six, and also find me on Instagram. And please tweet at me your answer to that question. <laughs> and also make sure you follow us all over social media at Screenfellows, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, YouTube, and the website Brianna, who was on the last episode. Um, she writes great reviews over there. Hopefully, she'll have some the Mummy review up soon. Hey, and all they that. start. They, they they really like Brianna when she's on the show. Yeah, so you might have to have her on. Brianna equals ratings. Brianna, <laughs> be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, if you guys want to find me on, on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy. Also, if you guys have any topics, any movies, anything like that, that you guys want us to watch review, feel free to email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellows.com. And yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Also, check us check out our our, uh, our website. Brianna writes full written reviews. In case you guys don't want to hear our voice, in case you guys are more of readers, yeah, we got paragraphs for you. We got <laughs> we got a lot of paragraphs for you. Okay, um, we got Game of Thrones novels there specifically, just for I you. I do want to sp- emphasize rating and reviewing the podcast. I know you're going to mention that in your outro, but we we don't have we people haven't been rating and reviewing in a while rate and review please come on it helps us out on itunes a lot you have no idea how much that actually helps us on itunes so please rate and review the podcast on itunes yes guys please please do and i will mention it in my outro um what is my outro monologue i'm gonna go ahead and say my monologue there we go <laughs> but all right guys we hope you enjoyed the show please feel free to listen and subscribe on itunes google play or soundcloud please rate and review the podcast on itunes and google play also check us out on youtube we're gonna have some content soon guys this is screen fellas 